0: Colin Cullis with Business Unusual this evening. Colin Cullis, the next urbanization, what is that about?
1: Well, stop me if you've heard this story before, Bruce. Because okay, that's fine. Thanks. Oh, sorry, you haven't started yet. Yeah, I, th- I think you will be able to stop me because it's about an innovative ride-sharing company seeking to revolutionize the transport industry using an app-based product that is released into markets with little or no permission to operate. It generates media coverage, devotees, and haters in a short space of time while running at a loss and having its value rise to unicorn status. I feel like I've heard the story somewhere before. Why are you telling me something I know already? Unfortunately, it's pretty much the bog standard version of every single business unusual And this week. <laughs> it relates to electronic scooper comp- scooter companies that, in the last twelve months, really have started to create a bit of a stir. Certainly in the US, starting to spread to to Europe, and they certainly aim to do uh, big stuff uh, in China. So these companies may be new. But the idea certainly isn't, and this is where we can go all the way back to two stories we consider. But I'm going to give you the first, this ridiculous little history of how we got to here anyway. So humans tired of walking, first roped in some docile little animal with a strong back. We then said, right, let's harness the wind, getting across the water. We upped our game with a bit of a steam engine and made some trains. Uh, a volcano, would you believe, was the inspiration for the bicycle. It's also where we got Frankenstein from. Uh, And then the petrol engine got us moving faster and got us into the air. So cars, buses, trucks, motorbikes, all of those things have changed everything. But as cities grow, and more of us get congested in those cities, uh, there's been a challenge. And somebody wanted to come up with something simple, faster than walking, and small. And in 2001, someone thought he'd found it. That man was Dean Kamen. And we profiled him last year as the guy who invented a whole bunch of crazy things one of them, the Segway. Invented in 2001, it was supposed to revolutionize the pavement, and it didn't. Uh, principally because it was very expensive. You looked like a complete fool riding around in it. <laughs> uh, and it just it didn't really take off. It was kind of clunky. It was, was heavy, uh, and it didn't get very far. Um, in fact, these days, he's, he's moved into all sorts of other things. He now makes uh, a, a company that regrows organs. Uh, but he sold the company in 2009 to a man in the UK who loved the Segway. Unfortunately, less than a year later, he and his Segway went off a cliff. Uh, so the company was sort of in limber for a few years before being bought by uh, another U.S. company, uh, and they were looking to sort of make it really a lot more uh, functional for law enforcement officers, and you've probably seen some police and airport officials using them, uh, tour guides, and and they were sort of made to going to that sort of a market. Uh, And then along came a a Chinese rival called Ninebot, who who began building these and and deploying them in China and were looking to move into the U.S., except they had quite a few sort of patent infringements potentially uh, that they'd have to account for. Uh, Segway, Ninebot got together. They said, hey, we'd be better together. Ninebot bought Segway, Ninebot created electronic scooters, specifically the Segway ES, which is what has been flooding all over the world. So 18 years later, Dean Kamen's idea of putting something on the streets that could change how we get about faster and better, uh, maybe has come to fruition. And as a comparison to say, well, isn't this just another fad? And I'm not saying that it is. Uh, the personal transporters, the fancy title given to Segways, from 2001 that is launched in December 2001 to 2018, they've been about 100,000 sold, so 5,000 on average a year. In the last 11 months of 2018, the, seg- uh, the Segway scooter sales have been 1 million. <laughs> Thanks to the likes of these companies, these little startups, Bird, Lime, Skip, and Jump. No. Yes, jump. That's the other one. Uh, they've uh, basically just popped these things on the streets. U.S. cities, San Francisco, Los Angeles has been sort of the epicenter for it. Uh, you take a phone, you download an app, you walk up to the little thing, you Put a little uh, QR code, 15 rand unlocks it, and you get charged about a rand every minute you scoot around riding these things. They're supposed to be ridden with helmets. They're supposed to be kept off of pavements and away from bike lanes. Do people listen? No. No helmets, riding everywhere you want. They've been crashing. They've been doing all sorts of craziness. The city officials are not wild about how they've decided to do it. And this is the urbanisation of transport because this is exactly the model that Uber followed. They said they were going to be uh, creating innovative law. Uh, which is kind of a very way, odd way to put it if you want to try and change what you know, regulations. Uh,
0: that's for. very Donald Trump, though. It's kind of fix, uh, fits into the this, this shtick that's uh, prevalent in the United States at the moment. So maybe it's not so stupid.
1: You know what, Bruce, unfortunately it it isn't. It's a very clever way of doing it. The the law, the legal part for every single business where we've looked at where there's been disruption has been the slowest thing to change and generally is not adept at actually making an accommodation for innovation and change. People have a a, a willingness to try out something. Companies have a willingness to try out something long before city fathers or government officials are are willing to do anything about it. So sometimes, and I, I say only sometimes, it is better to go around this way. But it can't be the right way. For the future we have to come up with a better deal in fact we need to disrupt the legal making process and that's a, a different show i, suppose we I
0: mean it, it, what, what the, these companies are operating on the basis that it's easier to ask for forgiveness than for permission and um, because you ask for permission you get yourself tied up in the bureaucratic mess that is um any sort of uh, city administration um and of course they're going to say no to something that is business unusual
1: yeah and in fact there's kind of a little more sophistication from from the early model of that so bird was, was one of the big one of the, big yeah. ones of the the four of them. Uh, And in San Francisco and LA, they just pretty much just popped them on the streets and said, uh, we'll deal with any consequences. But that got them all of the sort of early adopters because the cities already have people who like into these things. Uh, and they were happy to say, hey, if the city wants to know anything about us, we're, we're willing and, and, and ready to help. In other cities in the US, they actually were a little more proactive and looked to to make partnerships. And in one city in particular, they were actually welcomed because the city themselves had said, look, we want to reduce congestion. We want to get rid of cars. And this is the new play. This is not, not just a, a way to walk faster. This is a way to not use a car. And I I suppose that for most cities around the world, certainly big cities, uh, they're very happy to welcome that. But their play, when they've just recently gone into London in the last week, there they're only – they've ring-fenced them to only be on private land because they're not allowed outside on public roads. And they're not looking to mess with – they've made a very strong point that if you have to take the scooter and try and ride it (laughs) on the roads – uh, or outside of the area they've designated, the battery will stop working. You effectively got a little push bike again because they can geolocate these things with the GPSs. So in that respect, they're playing by the by the rules because London, as you might recall, actually told Uber, we will revoke your license. They did revoke their license and only recently gave it back to them. So I imagine there's sort of this uh, sort of dance that they will do, uh, creating a bit of disruption and a bit of drama, get some headlines, getting some backers and probably some haters, and then in other cities saying hey, well, you've seen what's happened over there and how we could do this the wrong way. Let's get together. Let's try and do it the right way and with over a million trips for bird already they're saying hey we like we like the way this is going I was just
0: driving around Santon earlier on today, and I don't know when last you were in Santon, Colin Cullis, yeah. but, um, the, the city of Johannesburg in its wisdom, I think, cause, you know, Stephen McCrodus, who, um, used to ride his bicycle, the only person I know ever rode his bicycle <laughs> <laughs> from the suburbs into Santon, um, used to complain about not having bicycle lanes, and, um, would, would, um, would demanded bicycle lanes. We got bicycle lanes, which are now used by minibus taxis, overgrown by weeds, and take up space, I mean, the sort of mobility solution in a place like South Africa, in particular in the building sites of Rosebank and in Santon, um, seems ideal. Uh, in terms of uh, a really quick and easy, cost-effective way of, of, of short journeys
1: and trips and things. In fact, that's a great point, Bruce, because this is where the push and pull comes from. So it took the likes of Stephen to say, hey, I want to ride my bicycle, even though most of us don't actually want to pedal, despite it being good for us, or that a, a recent or a new bank will reward us uh, for doing so. Um, but the, the the deal is the city then complies, and nobody uses it. That's when these companies come in and, and make a move. So with a million sold in a year, and the prices come coming down to next to nothing. So if, if for fifth you could walk out of a, 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 a railway station or you hop out of an Uber somewhere near you or need to go for lunch somewhere in Santon, hop out, jump on one of these things and, and whiz across to where you need to go and then just leave it wherever you finished. That's got a better chance of, of taking off. And with the other companies coming in, as I said, there's four of those companies doing these electric scooters. One of them, uh, Spin, has been bought by Ford. General Motors is bringing out their own electronic bicycle in the new year quick aside they asked the internet to help them name it bad idea and yes somebody has suggested bikey McBikeface already <laughs> <laughs> trippy mctripface all of um, those things yeah.
0: uh, as carolyn in linden is not amused why are you not amused carolyn in linden where have you been so uh,
1: uh, evening bruce no i just arrived back from los angeles this morning i was there for 10 days on business and These bird scooters are everywhere. Wherever you walk, there's somebody coming behind you and they go at like 60 k's an hour. (laughs) No one's got a helmet on. They And the amount of people I got saw knocked over, ramming to cars, they're on the pavements, they're on the walkways, they're in the streets, they're everywhere. Like, it's unbelievable. And it's just the most dangerous piece of technology I've ever seen.
0: Karen, thank you for that perspective. First-hand witness of the chaos that ensues when um, innov- innovators uh, get free reign of cities. And yeah, I mean, I don't care much for the idiot who's on the scooter. Uh, I do care, however, for the pedestrian who gets knocked over or the car that gets bumped into. You, you take your chances if you choose not to wear a helmet on one of these things. But if you endanger somebody else, Colin Cullis, that becomes problematic.
1: Yeah, and and she rightly points out there has been a boom in personal injury lawyers taking on cases for people who have been affected by these things. Uh, I, I did. A a little poll just, just ahead of the show to ask people, you know, what would their reaction be if it was introduced into their city? Uh, the small or the largest minority said they would be the first to try it, 42%. 14% said probably crash, which is surprisingly truthful. 8% said get it banned. And that seems to be sort of the same in all cities, that when people don't like this thing, they absolutely hate it and with just cause. And then 36% said, meh, it's just a fad. And right now, perhaps it is still a little too soon to tell. You do look stupid riding these things. <laughs> But everybody has got a dumb grin on their face and I think that's what's maybe going to make this one different. If I had any hair. It would be blowing in the breeze. I'd certainly try it.
0: Colin Cullis, but I'd be responsible and I would try not to knock anyone over except Aki Nastasu. I'd aim at Aki, but that's another story altogether. Colin Cullis, thank you very much indeed. The next urbanization, um, the, the way in which segways were going to take over the world. Finally, it looks like scooters are filling that particular gap. Colin Cullis with business as unusual as always on a Wednesday night.